We have two readings this morning, both short. The first one is Psalm 131, page 625 in the Bibles. Psalm 131. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quietened my soul, like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. And then Matthew uh, chapter 19, verses 13 to 15, page 986. The little children and Jesus. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Anne. Good morning. My name's Judith Sargent. I'm one of the occasional preachers um, in the church here. Do you ever feel impatient when you have to pause something that's really important for other stuff? I must admit that is one of my weaknesses. I felt it last week when I was going through my annual appraisal at work. Do we have to spend so much time on this? Can't I just get on with my job? So imagine the scene. Okay, the first slide. Jesus is traveling round. Big crowds are gathering in each place he is. And Jesus teaches and heals people. And of course, there is pressure of time. He won't be here long. He has to move on so that others can hear and see. And then people start bringing small children to the front. It stops everything. There seem to be hordes of them. I get it that people love their children. But I want to hear more from the teacher. This is such important stuff. And I'm excited for miracles. This is what matters. It's easy to get why the disciples felt they had to put a stop to it and restore order. But Jesus disagrees. In fact, Mark's gospel, in writing about this same incident, records Jesus was angry with the disciples for trying to stop people bringing the children. Jesus continues to focus on the children. They are called little children, so probably, as in this, um, in this painting, um, babies and toddlers. Jesus prays a blessing for each in turn. A 
and then he leaves. These few words are so important. It wasn't that Jesus had plenty of time so he could do the stuff with the children and then he could get back to what was really important with the adults. No, blessing the children was important stuff. And so Jesus prioritized it ahead of more teaching and ministry with the adults. By his actions and his words, Jesus is valuing these little ones just as much as every other member of the community, even though they are too small yet to contribute. God's immense love for each person, each one of us, is not linked in any way with what we have to offer. So, as followers of Jesus, we need to be like that. We need to value children and help them to come to Jesus. Children are not the church of the future. They are an equal part of the church today. And once we get the principle, we can see that it extends to all of us, to anyone who for whatever reason is more vulnerable at the moment, to anyone who for whatever reason is able to have less to bring at the moment. We live in a materialistic world which tends to value people as producers and consumers but the kingdom of heaven is totally, totally different. All are equally valued because of God's love and mercy. As a church family this year, we have struggled thinking over how we should go about children's and families' work in the best way. And the move towards working more intergenerationally will impact and involve every one of us. So it's essential that we really take hold of Jesus' message, that all are equally valued because of God's love and mercy. And Jesus warns us not to hinder children or let them come to harm. And tragically, through naivety and through wrongdoing, the wider church, not just in this country, but in other countries, has sometimes not been a safe place for children. And as more and more stories have emerged in the news, people outside the church are sadly no longer so sure that we are a safe place where they can leave their children. Many people are working very hard to change that. And it's Safeguarding Sunday where we give thanks for the, this important work and also think about how we, as a church family, can be a safe place for children and vulnerable people, and how we, each of us, can play our part. Because safeguarding is not just for leaders, it is for all of us. And safeguarding is not just taking action when we're worried that there may be a problem. Safeguarding is each one of us all the time as we make choices and do things and plan things, 
thinking, how is this making the church a safe place? How is this taking account of the needs of the most vulnerable in our family? And safeguarding should be mainly preventing problems, about supporting everybody to thrive, making our church and our families, our schools and our whole neighbourhood a place where people are protected and can thrive. We know that our country is in a tough place at the moment, and the next few years are likely to put extra pressure on families, on schools, on the services that support people. So the care we can offer is even more important. What part is God calling each of us to play? Who are the families in your neighbourhood you could pray for? Who are the parents or teachers you could encourage? Are you able to give practical support in some way? Maybe to helping with things which are happening here. Maybe you're able to give some financial support or donate to the food bank or help the church to be open as a warm place. There's lots of different ways that we can be involved in whatever smaller way we are able to offer. And the church plans to run more all-age services and events, and this will create opportunities to serve, but also to connect and to encourage just by being there. And these are really good reasons to get involved. And also, mixing across generations is a blessing in itself. I told the earlier service, so I will fess up to you guys, I don't like doing actions. I don't like feeling silly and I'm not very coordinated. It's almost as bad as clapping. But I have joined in to encourage other people and I have found that sometimes making the movements, the truths of the songs, reach me in a way they wouldn't otherwise. And I've been really blessed through that. And as we do new things, and maybe things which don't feel what we would naturally like to do, we can expect to be surprised by God's blessing. Because there's more for us in this passage. Jesus uses this incident as it happens to teach us something really important about how to follow him. Looking at the children, he says to everybody, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. In Mark and Luke's account of this same event, they include Jesus explaining a little more. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. What does he mean? I don't think he means be childish and stop thinking. That would be inconsistent with the way Jesus taught in a thought-provoking way. And I don't think he means the idea that children are innocent and unsullied. That really is a Victorian sentimental invention. So let's reflect on the qualities of small children. Could I have the next slide, please? Small children are dependent. 
They need people to care for them and help them. Small children seek relationship. They want to be close to the people who make them feel safe. Small children are curious, engaged with the world, playful. How many times a day does a small child say, why? What's that? What are you doing? That's how they grow. And these qualities of children, which help them to grow and thrive, Jesus says, we need the same qualities to help us to grow spiritually. We need to depend on Jesus. We need to seek relationship with Jesus and with his family here. We need to be curious, open, engaged with the world, creative and playful. And what might be the warning signs that we're not in a place where we're receiving the kingdom of God like a child? We'll all perhaps have ideas. I've reflected on this a lot and I have a few suggestions. When we're resisting dependence, this might show up as a bit of pride, relying on our own strengths instead of trusting God, or arrogance, not acknowledging our failings, finding it much easier to be judgmental of others, or maybe relying on keeping rules, or perhaps holding back, resisting taking a step of faith, if it means me doing something I need God's help to do. Or resisting curiosity, rigidness in our thinking, as though we know all the answers. Stuck in the mundane, not open to seeing the wonder in all God has made, the wonder in the people around us, even the people we find difficult or resisting intimacy, keeping it all at arm's length, more interested in thinking about God or the way the church does things than in drawing close to God myself, more interested in being right than in being in right, loving relationships. And this reminds me of the Pharisees and maybe Jesus had them in mind as they were there in the crowd. Through this series that we've been doing together, uh, looking at encounters with Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, I have been paying attention to the Pharisees and looking at what was their problem. And often, I can identify with them or understand them in some ways. They had lost touch with coming to God with childlike dependence, openness and trust. And that's why they were so stuck. And most of them just couldn't receive Jesus. Could we have the next slide? Children's deep desire for being loved and dependence on their parents are models for how we are each invited to relate to God. As a child to a parent, knowing we are loved no matter what. So as we have the opportunity this morning for a time of quiet, before you think about 
what you might be called to do in response this morning, I would invite you to go back to Psalm 131, which we have in the next slide as a reminder. The image of a tiny child, not hungry, but satisfied, enjoying resting safe in the arms of its parent. We need in our prayer lives to have moments like this, when we just rest in God's arms and enjoy being loved.